2: Second hour of Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019-AM, 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com. Craigway, Jeff Howe, alongside our producer, Cameron Parker, as well. Cleanup from hour number one. Boy, I wish you could clean up the smoke from the wildfires, right? Uh, CB remembers when the smoke from the wildfires in Mexico would hover over Texas. It was uh john and bay asking if the cat contraception was a bob barker initiative you you said he he was always big about on the price of Help, the, right
0: the pet population keep your pets spayed or neutered yeah yeah uh so this is, is some scientific work that's been going on in cincinnati apparently yeah sal you're uh sal in nyc you're number one so congratulations
2: uh, Somebody said, uh, tell me the same umpires that called the sinton Bernie series last week are we calling the Sentin State semifinal game this week. What a disaster. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who those umpires were. I went, obviously, I was down in South Florida. I didn't get to see that series. And uh, today is the day when the UIL State Baseball Tournament is underway. We're going to get you some updates on that coming up here in our uh, Flex 30 update.
0: Can I say that is one thing in our industry, whether I'm writing or doing this talk show, that I really don't care about is to know the names of the officiating or umpiring crews. Really, I, I don't. I, I shouldn't know your name. If I know your name, it's not good.
2: Uh, no, I, I, uh, I, I understand your concept. Yeah. Uh, from the reference point of knowing the specific umpire, I don't have to know them by name, but it helps. Uh, For example, in umpiring, uh, there were some umpires you knew had a tighter strike zone than others.
0: Baseball's the one where it it might differ a little bit.
2: Yeah. Uh, Also, I would say this. Doug Sermons is one of the outstanding officials in college basketball. Works Final Fours uh, frequently. Yeah. Doug Sermons is really good. Doug Sermons brooks little opposition. So... If you're unhappy with how it's called, you have to know, I think, certain officials how far you can push them or how far, how uh, aggressive you can be in stating your case. Put it that way. Uh, I would also tell you that uh, there are certain officials who are very, very tolerant and don't mind if the coaching staff. Is kind of chirping at him, there are some officials that don't want an official that do not want an assistant coach saying word one to them. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, those officials tell the head coach that, or the head coach already knows it. I don't want to hear it from your bench. I don't want to hear, you know, your 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 dude keeping the book over there raising hell at me. I don't want to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, you got a beef, bring it to me. I'll listen. We'll talk. I don't want to hear it from the from an assistant. There's some officials who have that mindset, right? And then there's some that will listen to everybody, and then there's some that don't want to listen to anything. Ted Valentine.
0: I'll I'll look up the name when I need when I need. That's on a okay. need to know basis yeah. for me. I yeah. just you know I don't I don't get into well this crew's working this game and this crew's working this game and Texas had this crew on such and such a date. Right.
2: Uh, yeah. No. I, I get what you're saying. It uh, and uh, who was it? Oh. Um, Ed Warder, I guess, uh, the, the ESPN reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, Rick Gosling, Goose, that every year tweets out the officiating crews that work Cowboy games and what the Cowboys' record is when those crews are working. See those games. Uh, that might be a little over the top.
0: That's and that's overcooking the bacon right there. there. Yeah,
2: that's so they'll do that. But but I always find it helpful to know. The umpire, I've gotten to know several of the umpires over the years, but I've gotten to know which ones have wider zones, which ones have tighter zones, which ones have more consistent strike zones, and which are all over the place. I'll never forget there was a very affable, affable umpire named Bob Homolka, worked in the Big 12 for years and years, and Bob retired several years ago, but uh, they had a big send off for him i remember it was a pre-tournament big 12 conference tournament baseball tournament lunch in there in oklahoma city one year but uh, bob uh, bob sometimes could be all over the road to the point that if keith morland was working a baseball broadcast with me and say here's a pitch that's a ball okay and then there'd be another (laughs) one i'd go call that one a strike keith goes flip a coin bob just flip a coin <laughs> it's, it was because you never knew for sure. I'll never forget the night uh, when people ask me about uh, memories of Longhorn baseball. Obviously, the national championship series uh, in, game against South Carolina in '02, 2 and the National Championship Series against Florida in '05. 5 Extremely memorable. The Super Regional in Oxford in '05, 5 and then of course uh, the 9 the Cameron Rupp prodigious cloud homer followed by the, the Connor Mays walk off there against Arizona State to get him to the championship.
0: You, the Connor Rowe walk off.
2: Yeah, I said Mays, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, he, that'd be real straight if he did. He was a good pitcher. Have a hell of a telling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: so um
2: I would, uh, but anyway, I I remember all of those. But some of the other memories are the real unique ones. We were talking about the twenty fifth or fourteenth anniversary of the two thousand nine twenty five inning game, and uh, the the students who were doing the Miami radio broadcast were asking me about that game because they were looking up some other extra, and they were mm-hmm. asking me about that. And so we're, I was telling them some stories and things about that. But uh, the other one that comes to mind was. In 2000, I believe it was in 2003. I'd have to look at it, uh, look it up there. Uh, Keith Moreland and I doing the series at Kansas State, and that's where the Friday night game went 20 innings. And the game was almost not played because it was 38 degrees, and there were like some snow flurries in the area. This was in early April. and uh, But they said, no, we're going to go ahead and play. And the game went 20 innings. And Bob Hamolka was behind awful. the plate. And and so as the evening wore on and Keith was getting more and more frustrated with a lot of his calling, you know, flip a coin, Baba. Well, the next night, Keith and I go into a, a restaurant there in Manhattan down in the Aggieville city, and there's Baba Amolka. And he comes up, says hi, and he goes, hey, did I do all right last night? And I said, uh, you mean in the game? He goes, yeah, because I really had trouble seeing the last five or six innings. I said, well, that's kind of a... That's kind of a pretty important <laughs> consideration, Bob. Yeah, I know. I just had trouble seeing. <laughs> so, that always comes to mind. Thinking Might about impact
0: them. things a little bit.
2: Just a little bit. All right. So, um, uh, and, and again, the cleanup from uh, hour number one, somebody said, Craig, is there a better sports town for its size than Texarkana? Uh, Pleasant Grove, Texas High, Liberty Ilo, lots of state titles. Yeah, there are several. Um, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying for its size. Uh, it's great high school football up there, no question about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, I could hear the excitement in your voice calling Porter Brown's three-home run ho- three home run game. Wondering if you talked to the TC play-by-play caller about what it was like calling that three-home or two-grand slam, 11-RBI game. That was Trey Richardson. I've not talked to Chuck Lamondola since then, but I probably should. He, he's a good dude, and I should probably check with him about that. Um, uh, as CB points out last time Texas was home all three straight times this is when they went four straight times oh two 2 oh five, when they played for three national championships and won two that's right so here's somebody that said I was one of those who stayed up for all 25 innings against BC who stayed for all 25 innings at the game against BC and then listening for 20 innings against Kansas State bless your heart <laughs> and and thank you I appreciate that okay I wanted to get to this um, the 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 this definition, because I'm I'm eager to get uh, Jeff's thoughts on this because uh, Jeff did a really eloquent job explaining the difference in talent versus player development and then culture. And you said that in your estimation, your view, your opinion, that Texas A&M doesn't have a talent problem or even a player development problem. You feel it's a cultural problem. problem. Yeah. In that, how do you uh, –
0: under, under you know, I heard the same thing under Kevin Sumlin and I heard the same thing under, you know, Dennis Francione and R.C. Slocum. So this is not, and I think at times we've seen. Not
2: an original thought or an original those, issue.
0: Or we've seen during those runs that they've had times where their talent has been able to overcome bad culture. Very rarely does it happen. It just shows you how talented you have to be. I mean, that team uh, Mike Sherman had with Ryan Tannehill and Vaughn Miller, uh, they did what They went nine games that year. I went to the Cotton Bowl and played LSU. Right. Uh, They've had times where they've been able to overcome their their culture problems. And I don't think it was that way early on for Jimbo. But we saw it late for Sherman and Kevin Sumlin and those other guys. Uh, And and I think to a lesser extent, R.C., Dennis Franchione, certainly there was all kinds of issues there. But, yeah, I I think that there's a culture problem at Texas A&M because how else do you explain falling off a cliff – like they did from the year you go nine and one. And it's not like they're any less talented now than they were then. But, you know, you have that one long season where you make a very strong argument. A&M should have been in the playoff and then where it kind of dropped off the year after. And then, you know, they're forward eight last year. Um, It's no different than what happened at Texas in 2010. And,
2: so, for those of you who feel that Jeff's just being, you know, no. bashing on Aggies, he's he's making a comparison. Here.
0: And you realized real quick with that 2010 Texas season, as we got further removed from '09, you're like, dude, the 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 trio of Colt McCoy, Jordan Shipley, and Will Muschamp they masked a lot of deficiencies that that program had. Absolutely. And those three guys, I'm not saying they're solely responsible, but they're three big reasons why. That run of success Mac enjoyed lasted a lot longer than it probably otherwise would have. I think we would have seen a steady decline, but once two of those three were gone, we saw it just completely fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, it's a leadership issue. And then it, it takes what I and and where I'm going with this, and this kind of leads into your overall question, Craig. Culture is one of those things that I observed under Mac. Mac always talked about culture, and need to get the culture right. Or Charlie talk about it, or Tom talk about it. Correct. Culture is one of those things that you never stop working on. And I think that's the that's the big misconception about culture, is you get it to a certain point, and it's like, okay, culture's good. Don't have to worry about it anymore. No, you, you constantly have to cultivate it. You constantly have to be reinventing it. You constantly have to understand. And, and to me, how I define culture, it starts with the head coach. Do you understand, relate to, and really care about the people in your building. Okay. Because I think when it starts with that and it's genuine, I think a lot of the other stuff that you can point to takes care of itself. Let me give you an example. Okay. I think this – I don't want to turn this into like a bash former Texas coaches segment, but you remember we heard when when Tom Herman met his demise here, we heard a lot of stuff come out like he would pass guys in the hallway and not acknowledge them, and you had to be at a certain point on the roster to – to kind of be one of his guys, and it's just it's not right or wrong, It's just the way Tom was. But I go back to you know I'm a firm believer in the football teachings of Jimmy Johnson. Love me some Jimmy Johnson, mm-hmm. and I, I it was on his Football Life documentary, which is fantastic. If anybody, mm-hmm. the, a Football Life is a great documentary series, but Jimmy's is just, just tremendous. And he was on a it was fishing out in the Keys with Bill Belichick, and they were talk they were just talking. It was just capturing them talking ball. And Jimmy said. When Jason Garrett got the Cowboys job, he said, the advice I gave him had nothing to do with football. He said, I told him, you better make sure you know everybody in the building. He said, because when you go up to that third string safety and he's in the the cafeteria and you talk to him and you, you address him and he doesn't even know that you knew his name, that goes a lot further and is way more important than those X's and O's. -hmm. That to me is when I think of good culture, I think of that statement right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Getting to know your people—that was one of the things that Mac was always great with about knowing, you know, the people in the program. And I've noticed that with Sark as well—the people that he knows uh, in the program and how he is with the other people there. But I think
0: I I think you can look at now, and we're so far removed from it, and and, you know, to me, it's fresh. But you look at Mac at the beginning, Mm -hmm. and then Mac towards the end. Yeah, the open door policy wasn't the open door policy anymore. I heard from assistant coaches where assistant coaches were saying I have to schedule an appointment to meet with the head coach. Like this is this is insane. I'm right down the hall. Yeah, Uh it, it changed. And that's when stuff in Texas started to change. And culture is one of those things, when you lose it, it is extremely hard, if not impossible, to get it back. That's why Nick Saban is the way he is. Like we can say a lot of things about Nick Saban, but you don't win as much as he has, as long as he has, without being able to. Constantly reinvent yourself, and constantly thinking about culture,
2: or at least adjust with the times. Yeah, um, you know, you don't have to blow everything up and do a one eighty. Your your point is just be able to grow with the times and adjust with the yeah. times.
0: And do that. Uh Rod mentioned this example yesterday. We we talked about this a little bit on the on Longhorn Blitz podcast. It's it's available anywhere you get your podcast, and actually you can hear it tonight here on the Horn. Uh, but Rod was, Rod mentioned it, and we kind of put the pieces together during the podcast. Pete Carroll talked about when he went to San Francisco and got around Bill Walsh.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, he didn't understand how important culture was. And that's when he decided, it, it, she said it just made him, Rod was telling us, he said when he got around Bill Walsh, it made him look at culture in a way that he never had before. Mm-hmm. Completely changed who he was as a coach. And you got to remember where Pete Carroll was coming from at that point. He had just gotten fired by the Jets as head coach. Went to San Francisco and was George Seifert's defensive coordinator. He was there for two years. The second year Pete Carroll was there, the Bill Walsh was back. I forget what the role was. It was like an administrative assistant. Okay, if you're Bill Walsh and you're running around the facility, you can basically do whatever the hell you want. Like it doesn't mm, matter. You, you don't need a title. But that's when Pete Carroll got around Bill Walsh, and it completely changed the way he thought about culture because Bill Walsh, we're talking about the West Coast offense and his football genius and everything else, culture was at the forefront of what he built in San Francisco.
2: Yeah, sure enough. Uh, all
0: right. Uh, but I think, I think that's what it is, Greg, just – we t- people talk about recruiting his relationships. I think culture's relationships, too. Just let people know that you care about them and that you're genuine about it, and I think a lot of the other stuff takes care of itself.
2: Uh, somebody uh, pointing out to what you mentioned about 2010. 2010 was the mismanagement of the quarterback room. A&M also has a quarterback problem. That was one of, one of the takes on that. Well,
0: uh, a-, a-, a and uh, a- 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 and you can look Jimbo Fisher's quarterback evaluations. That's a that's a different deal than we're talking about from the culture. But right. Kevin Sumlin had the same deal. He he had Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray in the same quarterback room, and they didn't have either of them. Yeah, you know. So and that's two guys. Say what you want about Kyle Allen. Got started games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyler Murray was a number one overall pick. So yeah, it's it does get mismanaged. That's that's another thing that happens that mm-hmm. when when things drop off, you can typically look at that position. And a bad evaluation or mismanagement of it, mm-hmm. that's when things start to go wrong. But the root of it, usually when a, a dynasty or a program that's won a lot for a long time has sustained success, usually when it falls off, it's something similar.
2: Uh, somebody asked, on the Jimmy Johnson documentary, did it show Jimmy chewing out Craig for eating in his meeting?
0: <laughs> um, right,
2: let me dispel some 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 myths about this. It was not a meeting, okay? <laughs> he was in, They were, it was him and Brad Sham in this huge cavernous studio that were going to tape, record some things for show, but they were mapping out stuff. They were not recording. They were not on air. I was way on the other side of the room. And contrary to what my friends at the ticket said, it was not Funyuns. It was Muncho's, okay, (laughs) when he turned around and said, do you want to eat or do you want to do that? He goes, or I can just eat." And I was like, yeah. he goes,
0: oh, "I'm never on like, <laughs> I heard, What was the one where he got onto Ed Werder? Like, oh man, I've heard Craig Miller tell the story. It was yeah. like this first the second year, I think. Yeah. Jimmy saying something serious, and Ed Werder like and, like coughed, laughed, or something like unintentionally. Was it and, funny it? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. That was that was that. I heard,
0: like, that bottom lip started quivering. Like, yeah.
2: Something funny it. I have nothing bad to say about Jimmy Johnson. He was so good to me that I ended up doing – that's the grand irony. He ended up doing his show for two years so. afterwards, and he invited me to a couple of parties that other media were not invited to. There you go. He was good to me. He was really did good
0: you, to me. Did you even get to drink the Heineken?
2: I did over crushed ice.
0: That's how you. That's how you know yeah. you're special. When Jimmy lets you in on drinking the Heineken, you're you're a yeah. ma- you're a made man. You were yeah. a made man, Craig, at yeah. Valley Ranch.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, I love this thing. Do you guys feel? Listen to listen to these words. This is so well put. Do you guys feel like cultural deterioration has happened with generational entitlement? Ring all the bells on that one for me. You know, that uh, that's uh, – I think there's something to it. That That's another word, the E word, entitled, entitlement. That's another word that that uh, requires a lot of examination yeah. and things like that. So, anyway, it's it's good. But,
0: again, to, to, to put a ball on that, the two things I learned about culture, you never stop cultivating it. It's never done. The minute you think it's done, that's when you have a problem. And it's about people. At the end of the day, it's about people.
2: Yeah. Uh, Cooter said, uh, random question, is game bookkeeping gone digital? I used to keep game books for all the games I watch, but I had color pencils for coding everything from type of pitch to missed calls, wondering if the digital game book would have made those options available. Most people still, as I reach for my scorecard of the last game with the uh, Miami and the regional, most of these uh, I think uh, folks are still doing on their own. I know I keep my own. Uh, for those of you watching on Twitch, so this is uh, my own specific uh, score card, and I have it flip-sided like this. I feel like the anal retentive chef now, and we fold it, and we we'll do that. anyway. Uh, so, uh, and then, and then, but then I score it myself. On that. And they have the output Here's an example of
0: the bro- the stats feed that we get where you yes, get the digital score. Where it card. is digital. That's right. And on the stat monitor.
2: On the stat monitor. It does it for me. Absolutely. But I like doing it as I go on the fly because I also uh, score basketball games uh as I go as well. I have that uh, chart yeah, it's, available. Uh
0: you I I can do it either way, honestly. I mean you cover enough if you if you cover enough high school football where you yeah. have to you know, back in the day before I had access to the Internet, you know, covering games, I had yeah. to, like, figure out my own stat sheet. Sure. And anybody that covered preps at, at that point before you know, the Internet was readily available and Wi-Fi was readily available, you had to have your own way to accurately keep stats.
2: No question. Hey, I want to remind you that the Horns Golf Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store, it's on the move. Uh, and this time out to check out Butler Pitch and Putt. Visit hornfm.com now. You can take a video tour with Aaron Hogan and, of course, our local good friend and pro Omar Uresti. And Aaron and Omar took in a few holes at the Butler Pitch and Putt, the nine-hole par-three course right there in the heart of Austin. So iconic. It's a perfect course for a casual game, great for beginners and golfers who love the short game. It's the Horn Golf Tour of Central Texas, powered by Callahan's General Store, spotlighting Butler pitch and putt at hornfm.com up next we'll have our flex 30 updates and our second hour longhorn notebook when we continue to light the tower on the horn
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals
2: This is light the tower on the horn. Craig White, Jeff Howe, with you. We're gonna have a second hour long horn Notebook coming up here momentarily.
0: Breaking Look. news: I found the correct chair that I've been sitting in. Oh, so. very good. That's good. Oh, that's there you much go. Better. Makes a big difference. Yeah. Thank you, Cam. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can. I feel like I'm eye level with Craig. I've been like looking, looking down at, looking up at Craig the whole show. All
2: oh. right. Uh, we will uh, transition into that after. Uh, Okay, UIL state baseball tournament is underway. There's already one final in the books. It's in the 1A state semifinals this morning. How about the Abbott Panthers? They reached the state championship in six-man football, and now they're going there in baseball. The fighting Willie Nelsons? They won. The Panthers beat Kennard five to four at Del Diamond. They had a nine AM first pitch this morning uh, out at Del Diamond. So uh the uh so Abbott advances to the state championship and i just want to take a look at this oh they did it a walk off in the bottom of the seventh inning so that's it that's what i was kind of curious to see how it happened the bottom of seventh, rbi single so there it was oh and uh so that's that's how it is so congratulations to abbott they're going to the state championship they beat canard and they will take on the winner of the game that has yet to get underway second game is nazareth and Fayetteville.
0: Go have a victory lunch at La Margarita or there something. You
2: know. All right. Uh, meanwhile, the um, the other ones, uh, Nazareth and Fayetteville, I mentioned, is going to follow. Then uh, over at UFCU Dish Fog Field, 1 o'clock, Liberty Ilo from the Texarkana area. We were talking about that area earlier. Taking on Canyon Randall, Harlton and Collinsville will play in the 2A semifinal, number one at Dell Diamond later this afternoon. Back at UFCU Dish Fog Field for the second 4A semifinal at four. Senton, number one team in the state. And the defending state champions against China Spring. And then the second 2A semifinal this evening over at Dell will be Shiner and New Home. That's all
0: today. If you want to know where the hottest point in the city is, get down on the field at the Dish <laughs> in the month of June. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be...
2: There'll, there'll, oh, be, God. there'll be some of that as well. At uh, Victor Point, they bring went pretty your, far your, in basketball as well, Abbott did.
0: Bring your talcum powder and uh and your electrolytes. There you go. Your Brondo. Make sure you got plenty on hand. Yeah.
2: You know, uh, Terry Crawford, who's the head football coach of the six man state runner ups at out. I think it's his son who's the baseball coach. Oh, there. nice. Um so there you go. Congratulations to them. All right. There's your flex thirty.
0: Actually I have one there. one more, Craig, in this uh this is poignant to you. I'll make this quick. Okay. Uh, somebody that we both know very well, uh, Greg Carter, who was my head football coach at yes. Florence, coached your son, Coach Jason, at Vista Ridge, Yeah, uh, announced yesterday he, he's retiring. 36 years from teaching and coaching. Uh, Taught me a lot of really good life lessons back in the day at Florence America. So coach, I know you listen to this program every now and then. Congratulations Congratulations. on a great career. Uh, A lot of stops along the way. A lot of lives impacted positively and uh, coaching profession will miss you but Best to you in retirement. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Congratulations on that. Somebody said, not La Margarita, Jeff. Remember, the Round Rock baseball team a few years got. Bad getting food poisoning there before. Listen, I've been to La Margarita a few times there. Uh, Roger and Tammy Wallace are regulars over there La Margarita. They, really, they love it. Sometimes it takes an event like that to get everything right. Man, I
0: you know, anytime I'm in that area of Williamson County, which isn't very often anymore. Yeah. I try to go over there. Yeah. Something, they do something with their tortillas. I don't know what they do. It's a texture thing with their tortillas that are – it's really flipping good.
1: So uh,
2: It's time now to get to our Longhorn Notebook.
1: Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Airman
2: hey, CB on the Specs text line says it was nine years ago today when they were showing Texas getting to the College World Series for the 35th time. That was after beating Houston in the Super Regional at UFC Udish Field. Now, before we get to – you you have another item or two, don't you? You, for the uh, notebook? Uh, no, or I was you, just gonna. Okay, I
0: was well. I was just gonna mention real quick that uh, we didn't touch on this, and it came down yesterday, but it's been a long. It's been done for a long time. It was just announced yesterday yeah. uh, that Roddy Terry staff has mm-hmm. uh, been Fra- finalized. Frank Heath. Frank Hayes been on the job since like the second week of April, but here we are in June, and it's finally official. Yeah, uh, Brandon stay staying on. Steve McClain is now gone from special assistant to an assistant coaching role, and I saw some people like, "Oh man, why was not Ogden? He got a demotion." No, Chris Ogden did not get a demotion. He is the general manager. If you remember, he was the what was what was Oggy's title? The managing director. He was managing director the coaching general manager. This is because it takes him from being one of the coaches who's a accountable coach to be on the road recruiting. Right. That's why he's in the off-court role.
2: That's exactly right. Uh, so he's pretty excited about that. Yeah. Hey, somebody mentioned it was a norovirus from an employee that they knew was sick, if I remember correctly, some of that, that thing that happened several years ago. With
0: let's the Marguerite let's add uh, La Margarita to Gerard Hurd and Will Muschamp as things that will not be slandered. <laughs> as long as I'm part of the show, okay.
2: Hey, uh, I want to. I want to get to 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 baseball. Somebody said any preview on pitchers that will face him, Palo Alto, talking at Stanford. Um, you're going to see Quinn Matthews at some point, but I don't think it'll be Game One because the dude threw a ton of pitches uh, over the weekend. You I, don't
0: think he'd go on uh, on Saturday?
2: Uh-uh. I'll be surprised yep. if he does. He, he pitched twice in the regional, threw a, a 114 pitches the first game, then came back and threw a bunch uh, on Monday night. Uh, I don't. I don't okay, think he'll go Saturday. So
0: probably, if he if he goes Sunday, that'd be five full days of rest.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he'll go. I think he'll go Sunday. But they've got a couple other guys that I think would be uh, certainly would be uh, uh, candidates for game one. Like for example, and and Matthews is the, is the lefty. The other two guys are Matt Scott and Joey Dixon. I think it's going to be Dixon who threw a ton of pitches. Uh, he's six and zero with a four nine nine ERA and he's worked seventy four innings. Or it could be Matt Scott, who did see some action on Monday. Uh, Scott, uh, a right-hander, 5-3 with a 4.87 earned run average. I think it's going to be one of the two right-handers, is what we'll probably be talking about there uh, for those guys. All right, there's one other thing I want to get to and see if I can uh, get to a point of clarification. I have always said, and I firmly believe this, that um, if I make a mistake uh, on the air, I want you to let me know. Because as a play-by-play broadcaster, we all strive to make sure that we are, if we're worth our salt at all, that we're accurate, that we're correct, that we're doing things the right way. Uh, in the nine-run Texas third, I, wa- I want to give you a little context, and then and then I'm going to get to this. Can, the, can this I text. say
0: Can I say this real quick before you start? Uh, and I know we criticize play-by-play guys, like it's just part of the part of the business. Like we do, we have our favorites, and we have folks that sure. we really don't care for them sure. calling games. I've seen you prep, and I've seen other play-by-play guys prep. It is an and gals. It is an extremely difficult job, radio more so than TV, because you're having to provide the visual, paint the picture. rather than everybody looking at the visual with you. So,
2: and that's what makes it very rewarding. I'll say too. that
0: as with that now, in the words of your colleague Brad Champ, with that as the backdrop.
2: Yes, against that backdrop and armed with that information. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this involves the nine-run third for Texas. Now, I've got my scorecard right in front of me since we were talking about scorecards. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that nine-run third in case you didn't hear how it oh, all broke down. I've
0: got my digital scorecard in front of me. Good.
2: All right. On, the, uh, uh, on this, uh, the inning began with Jalen Flores striking out looking. So it started off with that. Then Jack O'Dowd again, blooped a single in the right. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Daly drew a walk. And this, by the way, speaks to how that bottom of the order really competed well and, and, and uh, contributed during the course of the regional. Jared Thomas comes up and lines an RBI double to right. So it drove in Jack O'Dowd. It sent Mitchell Daly to third. Peyton Powell comes in, 0 for the regional at that point, point, 0 for 9 in a walk, and comes up with an RBI single to score Daly. So two runs across the plate. Now it's 3-3. Three to three. Dylan Campbell comes to the plate. All right, Powell's the runner at first. Dylan Campbell is the runner at the play. At the plate, Dylan Campbell is. Uh, at that point, Campbell still has not extended his hitting streak. It's sitting at thirty-seven games. Now, uh, we had somebody on the uh, specs text line who said, uh, and I'm I'm reading your text. One rare mistake Craig made in the Miami game is when the UT player extended his hitting streak with a hit and was so excited to tell us the streak and record continued but failed to mention where the runner already on first made it to third or not until a little pause. Now, we've actually pulled the play-by-play cut. I want you to listen to it. First of all, see if I actually pause on this deal. I didn't listen to this during the break for the record. Secondly, what what does your play-by-play say of the Campbell at bat on there when you look at it digitally, Jeff? What, what, is, what does it read to you?
0: The Dylan Campbell AB reads single.
2: Uh huh. What does it say about Powell?
0: Powell, uh, two RBI single.
2: No, no, no. What, when 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 Campbell gets the hit, what does it say about Powell?
0: Uh, it doesn't. Have to, I have to go to the play. This is why I don't like the digital scorecard because right, I got to right. go to the play the actual the, play-by-play. Go law. to the play-by-play. On uh, that. let's see, Campbell singles to left. Powell advanced to second.
2: Okay. So again, the text are saying. Uh, was so excited to tell us the streak record continues, but failed to mention where the runner on first made it to third or not until a little pause. I had to think about this. I thought, did Peyton Powell make it to third base? And I incorrectly said second. Here's the call. Here's the stretch from Gallo in the 2-1. Swung on, and that ball is hit toward the alley in left center. It'll fall in for a base hit. Dylan Campbell continues the streak, 38 games and counting for the Big 12's all-time hitting streak record holder, Campbell, with a one-out single, the runners at first and second. So, that was the actual call. First of all, to the texter, it was not, the runner didn't reach third, it was second. You had me thinking, did I incorrectly say he was at second when he was at third? No, he was at second, not third. Secondly, was there a pause? No. No, I mean, did, did I did I pause? Was I so excited about I mean obviously excited to talk about Dylan Campbell extending his record, but I think I had it all within the context. Play it one more time, Cam. Let me let me see if I'm if I'm off here. Here's the stretch from Gaio in the two-one. It's in the two one swung on, and that ball is hit toward the alley in left center. It'll fall in for a base hit. Dylan Campbell continues the streak. Thirty-eight games in counting for the Big 12's all-time hitting streak record holder Campbell with a one-out single. The runners at first and second.
0: Um, was there a
2: pause there? I didn't. I mean, other than my normal taking a breath as I'm as I'm rolling through the dialogue, I didn't know that. But like I said, I don't. I don't shy away from anything. If you if you think I said something wrong or did something wrong, let me hear about it. Who, so who cut, gonna...
0: who cut those highlights? Was that was that the Jumping Jack Farrell that did that? That
2: was Happy Jack Farrell who did that.
0: He's he's, mm-hmm. he's very good at that. Yeah, shout out to Jack
2: Farrell. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I and I can confirm that because I pulled up the Texas baseball Twitter account, yeah. which has the TV feed. Yep. From the Garrett Gilmet base yeah. hit shows Campbell on first, Powell on second.
2: Okay, I just wanted to make sure about that. So to the texter. Okay. Now, Craig, uh, if if Powell had a chance of scoring, you're going to call that different absolutely Powell being waved to the exactly. plate. Peyton Powell is not going to go from first to third that often yes. on a single. I'm just saying that. Okay.
0: Well, if he does, we got a pretty <laughs> pretty decent story on our hands. <laughs> to me, the biggest Jared Kennedy,
2: story. yes. Jared Thomas, absolutely. Peyton Powell, no. So, <laughs> so that's why I thought. Did he really go to third and I missed it? No, he went to second there. So so anyway, so the texter, if that makes you feel any better at all by actually hearing the actual call, I didn't think I actually paused. I did say now now maybe it could be that the texter was anxious to hear what and didn't hear it exactly in the instantaneous second that he wanted to hear it when I was talking about the deal. If that's if that's what you mean by that, okay, fine. I am guilty as charged. I was I was saying that he's extended the, the hitting streak, which is an all-time record. But uh, before the call was over, obviously, I did mention that he was at the Cam- Camry, second you lo- base.
0: You looking forward to carrying on the play-by-play career to, to this point and dealing <laughs> with some of this?
2: Oh yeah, You'll, it's part of the job. I will bet you you've probably gotten feedback doing round robins. But hey, what did you say that for? Yeah, Have you gotten some of that? Oh yeah, it comes with it. Listen, it's like the it's like the great late, great Frank Luxa or before in Steve Perkins, Dallas Cowboys weekly editor all those years when Nate Newton said at the time, we don't want to be role models. And Steve Perkins said, it came with the meal. Meaning if you go to, you know how you go to a banquet, sometimes you got to listen to a long winded speech, Mm -hmm. but it came with the meal. Yeah, You know, the, the, the critique and criticism that comes from folks listening to do that, um, you know, the critique and the criticism that comes from it comes with the responsibility of calling the game i've always accepted that I, I so i don't it. i don't have i don't have any problem with that i i it did make me want to go back and listen to make sure i factually the number one thing for me was to make sure i factually had mm-hmm. the correct placement of the runner and fortunately i'm glad i'm glad to learn by listening back to it again that i did but i just wanted to, the rest i think is interpretation about how long did it take me to actually mention that he was there when i was mentioning that so that's that's okay not not a not a problem with that. Uh, okay, somebody went no pause. He may have wanted the play by play before the statement of the hit streak stat recognition. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, so there you go, uh, <laughs> Tom McKay. Craig, you're a god. Small G. Don't pay attention to idiots who look for flaws. And yes, I follow my
0: own advice. Hey, by the way, Tom McKay, ho- hope you're doing okay. Saw the uh, Facebook photos of that auto accident the other day.
2: Uh, so I've said it before, I'll say it again. You guys attract the dumbest listeners. Of Texas. Someone was worried about <laughs> his call. Now, nah, and then those somebody of, T-bone. The words on T Bone. Somebody worried about nitpicky. I won't say the other stuff. Pardon my French. Uh, no, and listen. I, like I said, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I really don't. Uh, if, if somebody, because I want to, I want to make sure I'm doing my job right. For those who have been very, very nice and all that stuff, saying nice things. It's through constant crit- critique and self-criticism that we can only get better at doing what we do. So I'm okay with all that. Not, don't, don't worry about it. I just want to make sure I had the placement of the runner correctly. The rest is the stylistic of the deal. And, as you pointed out, Jeff, there are some people who will not like certain play-by-play golfs simply from either their voice inton- intonation, uh, their dialect, their uh, the rhythm and cadence. There's some people that just they won't like that particular S- way. stuff. Jim yeah, Nance. yeah, yeah, they're not going to like it no Joe matter what. Tour. Yeah. So I get it. I understand. We'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Hey, we're out of uh, time for today. Uh, Jeff will be in uh, tomorrow. He has one appointment, then he'll he'll be in after I'll be traveling with the Longhorn baseball team to Palo Alto. I'll be out there to bring in the program on Friday. So we'll look for that. I really, as always, appreciate all the feedback, the text, and uh, commentary as well. Good to hear, by the way, our friend Tom McKay went out and got himself a new car. He had a nasty wreck the other day. His life is good, no doubt. Hey, uh, stay tuned now. Chad and Zay are up next for a Man Behind the Glass, a producer, Cameron Parker. And for my co host, Jeff Hound Craigway. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you next time. on will the time.